ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in the history of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast, let alone the history of the Big Blue in the Bronx YouTube channel, we are talking about a win, and not just a win, a win in week one, a win that puts the New York Giants over 500. Ladies and gentlemen, the last time the New York Giants started at 1-0 was actually on the same date. It was September 11, 2016, when we beat the Dallas Cowboys. I forget what the score was. I think it was actually something similar. It was 2019, actually. So it wasn't 21-20. It was 2019. But I am so excited to talk about this win. The New York Giants did this not only for themselves, for the culture, for the good direction, but they also did this for New York. They also did this for this country. So I'm very proud of them for that. There's going to be positives we're going to talk about this podcast. There's going to be negatives we're going to talk about in this podcast. But it feels so great to start at 1-0. There's only one team in New York that didn't start 1-0, and that's the New York Jets. But I'm not going to poke too much fun at them. The Tennessee Titans played a good game. The New York Giants played a good game in the second half, not necessarily in the first half. The Titans killed themselves a couple of times. Shot themselves in the foot. Play calling. A couple other things. And the New York Giants took advantage at certain points in the game. Before we get into the stats, the offensive takeaways, the defense, all that stuff, one player I want to give my flowers to real quickly is none other than Saquon Barkley. He absolutely went off in a way I didn't expect. The New York Giants, I thought, were going to be mostly a pass-heavy team a couple months ago and even coming into this because well guess what the Titans stopped the run the second best in the NFL well that wasn't the case that wasn't the case the New York Giants got over 200 rushing yards against the Tennessee Titans and Jeffrey Simmons was bullying the Giants O-line there's no question no doubt about it but guess what Saquon Barkley he ran them over He carried the New York Giants to a win. We'll talk about everything else. But if I haven't said it already, be sure to hit that like button. Subscribe if you haven't already. Comment, share out, five-star on Apple Podcast. If you're a Yankees fan, I do want to say something real quick. We have moved NYY News TV Day, the sequel, which is October 11th. It's not the 12th. It's October 11th, the Monday. We've moved it to the Bronx. I think it's like 412 Tremont Avenue. Uh, it's a better place. There was some problems with the one in Williamsburg. It's going to be a much better place. DJ, music, food, beverage, all that stuff. And it's only so many minutes away from Yankee Stadium. So come, buy your tickets. It's on Eventbrite. I've posted the link several times. If you need the link, let me know. But let's get into this. So we're going to go over stats, offensive takeaways, defensive takeaways, Stock up, stock down. Um, We're also going to talk about the snap counts because there's some concerns there. And then one segment at the end. Could the Giants start 4-0? It's possible, ladies and gentlemen. It is very possible after some of the news we've been seeing over the internet. But let's talk about the stats, so I'm going to go over it all. Daniel Jones, 17 for 21, 188 yards, 9 yards per throw, uh, 2 touchdowns, 1 interception, 5 sacks, loss at 32 yards total, 
25.8 quarterback rating and a passer rating of 115.9. Ryan Tannehill, in his QB stats, 20 for 33, 266 yards, 8.1 yards per throw, two touchdowns. One sack, wasn't really a sack, it was Tamon Fox, hint, hint. Uh, 65.3 QBR, a passer rating of 106.4. I'm only going to talk about the main rushing leaders. Um, maybe the top three for the Giants, top four maybe, and then maybe like one or two guys from the Titans. I'm not going to go over it all. New York Giants rushing game. Mentioned him in the beginning, Saquon Barkley. 18 carries, 164 yards, 9.1 yards per carry, one touchdown, especially a run that went 68 yards. So that tells you something. That tells you something. We'll talk about it. Um, Daniel Jones, six carries for 25 yards, 4.2 yards per pop. Had an 11-yard carry, which was his longest. Uh, Matt Breida, five carries, 24 yards, 4.8 yards per pop. He did his job. Then Kadarius Toney, which we'll talk about in terms of the offensive takeaways, him and uh, being on the field. Two carries, 23 yards, 11.5 yards per pop. His longest carry was 19 yards. Uh, then you take a look at the Tennessee rushing game. I'll mention, uh, I'll mention, excuse me, Derrick Henry and Dontrell Hilliard. 21 carries, 82 yards for Henry, under four yards per carry, which Giants defense in that respect, you did really well. His longest carry was 18 yards, so it wasn't necessarily considered an explosive play. Uh, explosive plays are usually over 20 yards. Dontrell Hilliard, two rushes for eight yards. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, two rushes for seven yards. Now you took take a look at the re- lead receivers. I'm so excited. I'm mumbling my words. Sterling Shepard, two receptions, uh, 71 yards. Obviously, that big touchdown that was 65 yards, that lit me up in terms of excitement. That lit me up. It was great to see Sterling Shepard back. It was also great to see him produce on the field. Great throw from Daniel Jones. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, this, this, and this, whatever. I'm happy. I'm happy that this new offensive scheme is taking place and we're getting uh, some different stuff other than cookie-cutter bullshit. I'm just going to say it like that. Richie James was unexpectedly a huge part of the offense in a way. Uh, Five catches, 59 yards. His longest was a 16-yard reception. Most of those were actually when the Giants were down bad in their own territory. It was like on the third and 20s when Daniel Jones was getting sacked and hit and there was some holding penalties, but he did his job. He did his job. He did drop a pass that I was unhappy about, but, you know, uh, you're going to drop passes, right? And this guy, in my personal opinion, really should not have been a part of the offense uh, in terms of how involved he was. Saquon Barkley, six receptions, 30 yards. Great. Listen, you know, you get it out of the backfield. Uh I mentioned this in the preview. Saquon Barkley caught 91 passes from Eli Manning in his rookie season. And Eli had a battle line. That's why a lot of those went to Saquon Barkley. Screens, simple dump-offs. It might be the same case for the first few weeks. We'll talk about it, of course. Um, Kenny Galladay, two receptions, 22 yards. I mean, that's... I can't say that I expected much. Wandale Robinson, a reception for five. And then Chris Myrick... Had a reception for one. That was the touchdown. Uh, Tennessee receiving Kyle Phillips lit up the Giants defense, specifically Darnay Holmes. Six receptions, 66 yards. Uh, triple six right there. That's not very good. Um, Dontrell Hilliard, three receptions for 61 yards. One was a 
yard pass play. He's scored two touchdowns, both off of linebackers, which we'll talk about. Uh, Traylon Burks, the rookie out of Arkansas, three receptions, 55 yards. Cody Hollister had a big 22-yard reception. Uh, Jeff Swain caught three passes for 19 yards, and then one catch for a lot of the guys going uh, down the stretch. Uh, take a look at defensive leaders. The Giants overall on defense had five quarterback hits, one sack, and three tackles for a loss. However, you talk about individual players. Dexter Lawrence, one tackle and two quarterback hits. Austin Calitro, two tackles for loss and four tackles. Uh, O'Shane Zimenez, who had himself a day, I will admit. I have been pretty much down on him, but he had a good day. Six tackles, a pass deflection, two quarterback hits. Damon Fox, one tackle, one sack, one quarterback hit. It was counted as a sack. I'm going to be fair and I'm going to be real. Not because, you know, I didn't have Tamon Fox in my projections or anything like that. But that really was not a sack. Uh, he got Tannehill down, but someone assisted him afterwards in making the tackle. So I don't know why they scored a sack. Now you take a look at the Titans defense. Uh, the total there is five sacks, six tackles for loss, and eight quarterback hits. Jeffrey Simmons... Utterly destroyed the interior. Six tackles, two sacks, two tackles for a loss, two quarterback hits, including a forced fumble as well. Bud Dupree, one tackle, one sack, a tackle for a loss, quarterback hit. Rashad Weaver, four tackles, two sacks, two tackles for a loss, two quarterback hits. Kevin Byard, 12 tackles. David Long, eight tackles, a tackle for a loss, and a quarterback hit. Tear Tart, one of the defensive linemen, a quarterback hit, and Danico Autry, Four tackles and a quarterback hit. Now you take a look at the individual stats in terms of team stats. Uh, and then we will go to takeaways, which will be probably one of the more fun parts of this podcast episode as we break it down. Both teams had 19 first downs. Uh, the Giants had seven passing first downs. Uh, 13 for the Tennessee Titans. Giants had 11 rushing first downs and two rushing first downs for the Titans. In terms of first downs from penalties, the New York Giants only got one and then four for the Titans. Obviously, we'll talk about the penalties and stuff. In terms of third down efficiency, both teams weren't necessarily that good. Uh, Giants were two for 10, and then the Titans were three for 11. And then fourth down efficiency, Giants went for it once. The Titans didn't go for it at all. Uh, one for one for the Giants, zero for zero Titans. Total plays, Titans ran 60, Giants ran 58. Total yards, we had 394, while the Titans had 359. Total drives, 12 for the Giants, 11 for the Titans. Yards per play, the Giants had 6.8 and then 6.0. Sorry, my nose is a little scratchy and stuffy. Um, 6.0 for the Titans. We already went over the passing stats and all that other nonsense. Um, red zone, Giants were 2 for 3. The Titans were two for three as well. Uh, when they were in the red zone, obviously we know Daniel Jones' interception. And then when they were in the red zone, I believe maybe there was once they kicked the field goal. I want to say that was it. believe it was. Uh, penalties. Giants, eight penalties, 45 yards. A lot of that was on the last drive, but also they seemed to tone it down from the first half because that's, I believe, a spot where they got a lot of penalties. And then the second half was a lot of penalties for the uh, Tennessee Titans. They had seven penalties for 50 yards. The Giants had two turnovers. 
the Titans had one. That was on a fumble lost on a punt return by Kyle Phillips. And then the two turnovers for the Giants, a Daniel Jones fumble, a Daniel Jones interception. No special teams touchdowns, no defensive touchdowns. And in time of possession, the Giants had 28 minutes and 54 seconds to operate with. And the Tennessee Titans had 31 minutes and 6 seconds to operate with. All right, let's move into the offense, the key takeaways. Obviously, you guys see it as Saquon carrying the offense. I'm not going to talk about Saquon first. I'm going to take you know talk about the uh, the big elephant in the room. That's Daniel Jones. Statistically, he did look good. Statistically, don't take that as oh well. You said Daniel Jones looks good. No, no. I don't think he looked good overall though. He wasn't very comfortable in the pocket. We've seen him with bad offensive lines in the past. This wasn't really a good game for Daniel Jones. Um, that interception he threw in the red zone, that can't happen. That cannot happen. And this is not, well, you know, you're taking a risk, so it's acceptable. Brian Dable uh, said earlier that he's going to allow Daniel Jones to take risks. And necessarily that wasn't a risk. It was just a very poor effort throw. That should have been a back shoulder. For some reason, Daniel Jones cannot master the back shoulder four years into his NFL career. And that pass was intercepted by Monty Hooker. Um, you know, he had Saquon on the wheel route. Whatever, whatever. He So he threw the interception. The fumble, I'm not going to blame him too much for. I mean, you got to hold on to the ball. It's your four. Jeffrey Simmons was basically untouched coming out of his stance. Josh Azudu, uh, you know, he, he just got blown up. He got blown up a lot of the first half, and that was bad. Uh, I mean, the Giants were going in the right direction on that drive, but, oh, I mean, that was, I was so pissed. I was so pissed off at that fumble. I mean, to be honest with you, I was more pissed off with the interception because we got the turnover, momentum was on our side, and then we just give it fucking right back to them. It kind of reminded me of something, and I'm not comparing the two quarterbacks, but last year in the Cowboy game, Lorenzo Carter forced a fumble on Dak Prescott, and Austin Johnson picked it up. Okay, so we were going down the field, and then Mike Lennon tries to throw a 50-50 ball to Kenny Galladay, and instead it's intercepted. Uh, I believe it was Traven Diggs who picked it off. So, you know, that's what it looks like there. But overall, Daniel Jones, it's not like he made errant throws. He missed some wide-open receivers. I know David Sills was open once. I think ba uh, Daniel Bellinger was also open a couple of times. So hopefully they address that in the film room. Hopefully they address that in the film room. Something I also want to say in terms of the whole Dable thing. Um, I was on Nerding Out Sports for the Sunday Victory Show. And with that being said, uh, Donald... I was about to say Brian Dable, but Donald, who was also one-third of the Boys in the Gavel podcast, said, well, nobody really gets on Daniel Jones, right? You know, everybody let him go. I said, that's not necessarily true. Joe Judge criticized Daniel Jones for every single mistake in practice. We've seen the tweets from Dan Schneier going back to some quotes from Greg Cosell and that he was, like, really bad. You know, he'd curse every time he made a mistake. Here's the difference between getting on someone for something and getting on someone for something else. Why Daniel Jones turned into a different player and more of a safe 
game-managing quarterback after that interception is because Brian Dable got on him. But at the same time, Brian Dable lets him make mistakes, just not stupid mistakes. Careless mistakes, I know there's a couple of ways you can interpret it. But what I'm trying to say here is Daniel Jones was ripped by Joe Judge every single mistake in practice last year and the year before that. Brian Dable isn't yelling at him for every single fucking thing. That interception was terrible. One of the worst I've ever seen in terms of Daniel Jones. And he's thrown a lot of interceptions. Um, and he's turned over the ball quite a ton in his NFL career. Even going back to last year where he threw that right to the defensive lineman. That was just fucking terrible. But um, with that being said, he's getting on him for the stupid stuff. Like, dude, you got to make that play. Like, there's no way about it. You know, that's just a stupid mistake. You're in year four now. And he turned into a game manager and someone who did his job going down and putting it into the end zone. That's what it was, you know? Um, so overall, in terms of Daniel Jones, didn't look good. Didn't look good. Uh, I'll credit him where credit's due on that Sterling Shepard touchdown. Uh in terms of that, I know obviously people could criticize the throw. Josh Azudu got blown up one of the many times he did. And Jones had to kind of throw it off his back foot a little bit. I've seen him throw it like that a couple of times in his career. And he got to Shepard. Shepard broke some tackles. Touchdown. So hopefully he gets better in the next few weeks. I know he may not be here next year, but if he wants to earn a second contract, and I know I'm, I'm just speaking in terms of speculation and scenarios. If he wants to earn a second contract or overall the more realistic standpoint, maybe just to help this offense grow. If Saquon's going to be here next year. If some of these other guys are going to be here next year. Uh, O-line looked like trash and pass protection blocked well in the run setting. It kind of confused me what they were doing in the first half in terms of a game plan. Uh, really the first two drives because they ran it all on the first drive. Then the second drive, they passed it. Uh, and obviously they got nowhere with that because, well, Jeffrey Simmons was a thing. And they started getting to Daniel Jones. And the O-line gave up five sacks for 32 yards. Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, Rashad Weaver, some notable names that I was told before this game. Hey, listen, you got to keep in mind. Uh, Rashad Weaver, right? He's going to be taking over for Harold Landry. Ben Bredesen was trash. Josh Zudu didn't look good. I'll give some slack to John Feliciano because he did lose his nephew. But when we're talking in game terms, he didn't look good. Uh, and then Mark Lewinsky also didn't look good. Evan Neal was going through some rookie struggles, which you're going to see. And I know I got some flack on Twitter because I posted... Uh, tweet that controversial to some maybe it's just a fan statement but what I say is this example a of why I don't trust the geeks at PFF they graded Josh Azudu higher than Evan Neal I'm telling y'all there's a bias against the Giants here now why I say that goes into a different thing Saquon Barkley was only given a 74.4 grade Saquon Barkley was arguably one of the best if not the best back in the NFL in week one I'm going to say it right now. I mean, I have confidence saying this. I know it's coming off a win, but did Jonathan Taylor carry his team? Make your decision. Nick Chubb, okay, he carried uh, the Browns to a victory 
over the Tennessee, uh, not the Tennessee Titans. I'm going back to like fucking how many years ago when they played. Um, carried them over uh, to a victory over Baker Mayfield and the Panthers, who will be playing next week. So, I mean, there's tons of ways you could split it, but in my opinion, I think they're narrative based. I think their grading system is extremely objective, subjective, however you want to call it. Anyway, uh, Evan Neal only gave one pressure, but once again, some negative snaps. Let's talk about one thing before we get to Saquon Barkley, and I'm going out of order in terms of my notes. Kadarius Tony, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and look at the offensive snap count because I have it bookmarked here on the Twitter. Kadarius Tony played seven snaps. He played seven snaps. He got 12% of the snaps. That was the lowest in terms of any offensive player who was a skilled player. In terms of wide receiver, running back, tight end, fullback. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I know a lot of people say, well, you don't know. You know, there could be stuff in the locker room. That's going to be the company talk. That's going to be the Giants talk. If you ask somebody from the Giants organization, that's what they're going to say. Or they'll say what Brian Dable said. Look, we got some... You know, packages that involve Kadarius Tony, we just didn't get to a lot of them today. I don't believe that, to be fair. Because Kadarius Tony is a threat on the field. He had two carries for 23 yards. And it's hard to believe that he was not in the game and that he wouldn't have made a difference if he was on the field as a receiver. Wondell Robinson was hurt. Okay. That should honestly be the excuse for Kadarius Tony to come in. And I think he should have started the game over Wondell Robinson. Now, I get it. Obviously, they were looking at Wondell Robinson, going back to the Buffalo days, whatever, whatever, whatever. But the starting wide receiver should have been Shep, Kadarius Tony, and Kenny Galladay. Galladay, I think it's pretty much a dead horse at this point. We know what's going on. And if we don't know what's going on, oh well. But... Hard to think that Daniel Jones wouldn't have got more passing yards if Kadarius Toney had been in the game. I th- I think that the offense would have changed just a little bit because if Daniel Jones is being pressured left and right, not even from blitzes, he dumps it off to Tony. He can make an 18-yard pickup. We saw it happen. Uh, the end around, it was a jet, whatever the fuck. To be honest, I'm not necessarily... All in on that playbook shit. So I'm going to get some plays wrong when describing them. Carry for 19 yards. Um, then you had the quarterback thing. Where he tossed it to Kadarius Tony. Tony can't find Sills down the field. He was covered by the deep safety. Because they knew what they were doing. Then he turns it around. Through this blocking offensive line. That didn't block too well. Daniel Jones trying to block as well. Turns it around to the left. And gets 4 or 5 yards out of that. Let me explain something. Other than Saquon Barkley, there is no other threat on this team that can do what Kadarius Tony does. And it didn't even take... It, well, overall, it doesn't take the biggest of concepts to put Kadarius Tony in the game. He can run a curl. He can run a screen. I mean, look at that play against the Saints last year. It was 3rd and 18. Daniel Jones flipped it off to... Kadarius Tony. Tony gets the first down. It's hard to believe that 
maybe he wouldn't have got there. It's hard to believe that anyone thinks that. And I know I might not be sensible with my words here, but what I'm trying to say is instead of passing it to Richie James and he caught some passes, great. It's hard to believe that they put Richie James in, which they did, but Kadarius Toney given a similar, not a similar, I'm rumbling and jumbling my words here. I apologize for anyone listening. But they could have dumped it off on a screenplay like they did last year on a 3rd and 18, 3rd and 20. He could be very close to that first down. And maybe the Giants actually continue. Maybe they go for 4th down. Maybe they get the first down. They keep driving down the field. You don't have to reinvent the wheel to put Kadarius Toney in the game. You don't have to make these super-duper adjustments. Wandale Robinson got hit, and he's out for the rest of the game. I think he's going to be okay. We'll see what happens. The injury looks, you know, better than people expect. But a lot of concerns go there in terms of how many hits he can take at the NFL level. Kadarius Toney, I know people say he's a head case, he's this, he's injury prone, whatever. Get him on the field. Get him on the field or trade him. That's what I'm going to say. Get him on the field to trade him. Because if you're not going to use him, deal him at the trade deadline. This is not something against Kadarius Toney. But the offense could have succeeded a little bit more if Kadarius Toney had been out there. And he was frustrated on the sidelines. And rightfully so. Please, listen. I love what Dable did in the locker room, jamming and vibing with the guys. A win's a win, but you got to get him on the field. Don't give me this coach-speak bullcrap of, well, you know, we got some wide receiver packages, and yeah. No, that's... That's not... That's not actually what it is right now. And don't let anyone tell you that, oh, it's just wide receiver packages. What wide receiver package has Richie James valued over Kadarius Toney? I personally can't find one. And I'm going to talk about something as well. It's a minor thing. It's pretty much a dead duck at this point as well. It's not Kenny Galladay. David Sills is on the field more than Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton was inactive on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I've been a little bit flip-floppy with my opinions. Look, if you're going to trade him, go get an O-lineman. If you're not going to trade him, use him. And the Giants did not trade him. They actually made him take the veteran minimum. And he's not on the field. David Sills, yeah, he was wide open on one play yesterday. Didn't contribute to anything in terms of the Giants offense. And hasn't the last few years. He caught two passes for 17 yards last year. That's all he got. I think his catch percentage was under 45% in the limited time he played. Darius Slayton, as a fifth-round pick from a few years ago, is what he is. But that's not to knock on him. Use him in this offense. Once again, like Kadarius Toney, I mean, we really don't have an established outside receiver that can get separation. Slayton could take the top off of a defense. But if you're not going to use him, why did you make him accept the veteran minimum? Why couldn't you just trade him for like a seventh, sixth, a fifth? So, those are my little disgruntles with the Giants coaching staff. I'm also a little weirded out 
that Daniel Bellinger wasn't really involved. Chris Myrick was the only tight end to catch pass, and that was a touchdown. Uh, Tanner Hudson, he's a three tight end. I'm not even going to go there because, you know, Tanner Hudson, three tight end. What's the point of arguing for him at all? Um, with that being said, let's get to some positives. I'm going to talk about two of them. Saquon Barkley for almost 200 scrimmage yards. He had 194 on the day. For the first few weeks, and I'm saying it, you need to run this offense through Saquon Barkley. And I think it's going to get easier when you implement a couple of things and when you look at a couple of things. You put Saquon Barkley as the face of this offense. It gives the offense a little bit more trustiness with themselves because this is a new unit, by the way, and uh, Josh Azud rotating in and Ben Bredesen rotating in. They're not all trusty of each other, right? They don't know what they're doing sometimes. Obviously, it showed the lack of chemistry, giving up five sacks. But if they know what they're doing in terms of a run-blocking unit, they gain confidence. So when they do get themselves in passing situations, third down, first down, second down, fourth down, the Giants' O-line can gel. They can trust each other, gain confidence in themselves and their teammates, and be a good pass-blocking unit down the line. And then Daniel Jones, it's time to throw, and so on and so forth. But for the first few weeks, you need to run this through Saquon Barkley. Do not waste the skill set and the talent of Saquon Barkley. How many times in the past few years we've seen, well, the Giants, you know, week four, they utilized... Daniel Jones as you know a throwing threat and they gave it to Galladay they gave it to Tony they did some really good concepts whatever and then in week five they go back to a trash game plan let's not do that I'm not saying same game plan but the theme needs to be Saquon Barkley the theme needs to be Saquon Barkley it's my thoughts on that um I'm really excited that he's looking like he's back. And shame on the NFL for not including him in the FedEx Ground Player of the Week because that's what he should be considered of. Anyway, uh, Sterling Shepard, effective, went on the field. When he's on the field, he's one of the favorite targets for Daniel Jones. He was targeted four times, caught two passes, one touchdown. Now, obviously, the 65-yard, you know, it inflates his actual stats. But he caught the first passing touchdown of the season like he did last year. I don't think he had a touchdown for a year going back to the Broncos game. I don't remember any touchdown after the uh, the Broncos game. So, Sterling Shepard, you stay healthy for this year. You're productive. But it's exciting. I love Shep as a player when he's on the field. I got no qualms with him just stay on the field and stay healthy I know that's hard for him but stay healthy stay healthy okay so let's go into the defense um Dexter Lawrence and I'll start out with the good before we get to the bad Dexter Lawrence and the run defense look stout the linebackers did a good job with gap discipline against King Henry it just wowed me how much we stopped Derrick Henry that was one of my worries going into this week for the New York Giants. It was a big worry of mine. How are we going to stop Derrick Henry? 
listen, we got the D-line, you know, they could do it, right? But at the same time, we got skinny ass and unfit linebackers. Austin Calicho did a nice job with run defense. Uh, they didn't put Micah McFadden in a lot. We'll take a look at the snap counts when we go to stock up, stock down. Take Crowder. He had that big ass hit in the red zone against Derrick Henry. So shout out to him for that. Dexter Lawrence. There was one particular play that stood out to me where they tossed it to Henry and Lawrence from his nose tackle position came out to make the tackle. So Dexter Lawrence, man, you did your job. I think he had one or two quarterback hits. Keep trying to get a bigger payday. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, he's been a little consistent. Giants fans really don't know what they have in him. Let's find out this year. Uh, Nick Williams, Justin Ellis, Leonard Williams, DJ Davidson even made a tackle. So the run defense in terms of the defensive line, the linebackers look good. Uh, was a little underwhelmed in terms of pressure, but we're going to get to that. Uh, no no sacks. O'Shane Zimenez with two quarterback hits off the edge. So let's talk about Zimenez. Uh, Jihad Ward, I also forgot to mention in terms of the linebackers. I thought he set the edge very well for the New York Giants in the running game against Derrick Henry. Um, and he's also one of those bigger body guys, so he can match up against him. O'Shane Zimenez kind of wowed me this game. No sacks, yes. But two quarterback hits. He set the edge when it came to the running game a little bit. Um, this is a big year for him. And this is a game he needed to take advantage of the circumstances. He was facing... A third-round pick, right tackle from Ohio State. He needed to get in there. He needed to pressure the quarterback, and this is a game he did that. Can we keep it consistent? I don't know if Kayvon and Aziz are coming back for the Panthers game. I really hope they do because I would like to crush the shit out of Baker Mayfield, and I'm not lying when I say that. But if they don't come back, listen, I think we may, we may have a better matchup in terms of D-line, O-line, because the O-line for the Panthers, not necessarily that good. Uh, the Titans O-line, they kind of wowed me a little bit, didn't give up any sacks, but at the same time, Tannehill did get the ball out uh, to his receivers in time, so he wasn't getting hit, and also sometimes he was also throwing it away. So, Ocean Zimenez, two quarterback hits off the edge, didn't see a ton of plays from Quincy Roche, I mean, that's it's not surprising totally. No sacks. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in that. I didn't think the pressure at times was consistent. Uh, so, you know, the linebackers, they got to get there. Because it looked like, yes, they were rushing seven guys, six guys, five guys, whatever. They were throwing them into the woods. They were throwing them into the fire. Martindale was throwing these linebackers and these DBs and all these guys into the fire, right? But it wasn't amounting to too much. Yes, Tannehill at times was getting the ball out quick. But no sacks. And I know that's something, yes, you're going to see with his defense. But it wasn't enough to where Tannehill's throwing it away 100 times out of 100. That's just my opinion on that. It wasn't consistent enough to make Tannehill uncomfortable. So we need to work on that. Uh, linebackers, defensive ends, whatever. We need more interior pressure. Now we face no line next week. Uh, Iki Mukwanu, he struggled against the Browns. Let's take advantage of that, right? Let's take advantage of that. Uh, Taman Fox, right? He got a sack off Iki Mukwanu. The UNC-NC State inter-state uh, college rivalry. Take advantage, man. 
If Taman Fox is starting on that left side with Aquanu and Kayvon and Aziz are not playing, take advantage. That's all I'm going to say. But that's going to be for the preview later on in the week. I'm going to try to get a Panthers guy on. So no sacks. Aaron Robinson was not picked on. He looked good. I think he allowed two receptions for four yards when it came to the stat sheet. But listen, I know a lot of people have been down on Aaron Robinson. And I know a lot of people you know, were starting to give up on him as a second corner. Now, to be fair, they didn't pick on him. Which I thought they would have. Okay, I thought they would have picked on him. Said, okay, this is a guy we need to target. Uh, Traylon Burks didn't get that many targets. It was more so Kyle Phillips, which we'll talk about um, and when we get to the negatives. But um, he looked good. He looked good. So when we're facing some better wide receivers next week with DJ Moore and all these other cats, uh, they're not going to know unless we go to the preseason that Aaron Robinson could be taken advantage of. Uh, though Aaron Robinson probably is not playing on DJ Moore. It's probably going to be Adoree Jackson. When we go to him, targeted a few times in the first half, but I thought, once again, Adoree Jackson looked good. Uh, there were times, obviously, in the first half he was getting picked on just a tad, but Robert Woods only came away with one reception. There was that pass interference that if he didn't have the uh, the arm on the receiver's back, that's not a pass interference, but Adoree made a few good plays. I don't have any qualms about it. I thought the secondary overall as a unit played well. There's one guy we'll talk about uh, once I get these two takeaways out of the way, going out of order in terms of position that we will need to talk about. And I've kind of been shouting this from the rooftops. Um, Tay Crowder, other than the big hit on Derrick Henry in the red zone in the defense, he struggled in coverage versus Dontrell Hilliard. And people say, well, you know, it was a pick play and all this other stuff. Okay, make your cases. But that crossing route uh, to Dontrell Hilliard, that was one of the biggest chunk plays of the game uh, in terms of receptions. That was 31 yards. So either the touchdown was 31 yards or the other one was 31 yards, whatever the case may be. Hilliard took advantage of him. He's a little bit faster. He's a little bit smaller. So... If we're going to have linebackers sent out for coverage duties, it needs to be a little bit more consistent. It needs to be a little bit more productive. Um, Austin Calitro, he had a very mixed day. Holding penalty on the last drive, it was bad. I mean, you don't want to let the offense go down the field too much. Um, With that being said, he had uh, the touchdown given up in coverage to Dontrell Hilliard. not a good play. Not a good play. Austin Calitro should not be in coverage. I know people are going to say, well, you know, Blake Martinez this, Blake Martinez that. He would have been a little bit better in coverage than Calitro, but you could literally flip it both ways. Four tackles, two tackles for loss. So, once again, we need to get better in terms of pass coverage with these linebackers. Put Micah McFadden out there more. Test him a little bit more. Give him safety help, whatever you have to do. Uh, take Crowder. I guess he's not a coverage linebacker. Calitro. No, because he's a journeyman. Put Carter Coughlin out there. Hell, I mean, they activated him yesterday. Cam Brown, they activated yesterday for mostly special teams work. But hey, put them out there. See what we got, these young guys. Uh, The secondary player I want to get to is Darnay Holmes. Beat multiple times in the slot. Held once or twice. There was one time I just knew. I just knew there was going to be a holding penalty. So... It was a play. They actually threw it to the right side or Tannehill threw it away or whatever the case may be. Um, and then all you saw was this in the TV screen. 
I'm like, oh, fuck, that's Darnay Holmes. Holding defense number 30. They actually called offense number 30 one time. I'm like, these, these refs are dumb. But he's not good at main coverage. He's not good at main coverage. And I said this on the Nerding Out Sports Victory Show. The people really don't like the points. They may put out Cordell Flott earlier than expected because Donnie Holmes is not just good from the is just not good from the slot in terms of man coverage. And I have a feeling they would put Aaron Robinson there if it wasn't for the fact that we didn't have a second outside corner. So Donnie Holmes pick up the slack in terms of man coverage. I know a lot of people were hyping him in terms of preseason and in terms of other things. Uh, training camp, oh, well, he's got this many turnovers. Right, but there was a play where he just got blasted by Richie James in the slot. Richie James, not Kadarius Tony, not this guy, not that guy. Richie James. I'm not trying to downgrade him, but still, you know, Darnie Holmes, he's not good at main coverage in the slot. Special teams return unit was okay. Punting was okay. Coverage unit was trash. Muff punt. Um, not muff punt by Gillen. It was um, a muffed snap from the long snapper Kreider that we wouldn't be in the position, in my opinion at least, to go for two had we not muffed that snap. So special teams still need some work. It's one of the worst units I think I've ever seen. Uh, The fumble, that was on a fair catch. I thought Brita was a little intimidating, which is a good thing. Phillips drops the ball. Jason Pinnock takes it away. I like the Pinnock pickup. I always have. Seems like I always will. Special teams, using him in the defensive backfield, that's the case. So before we go to stock up, stock down, I do want to get to uh, some snap counts. So let's go with the offense first. Uh, Andrew Thomas, John Feliciano, Daniel Jones, Mark Lewinsky, and Evan Neal, they played 60 snaps which is 100%. Saquon Barkley played 83%. Kenny Galladay, 77%, which is a little surprising. Uh, Sterling Shepard, 72%. Richie James, 70%, which, once again, a little alarming with the whole Kadarius Tony thing. Uh, ben Bredesen, 53%. Daniel Bellinger, 48%. Josh Azudu, 47%. David Sills, 45%. Tanner Hudson, 32%. 23% Chris Myrick. 22% Matt Breida, 15% because of the injury, Wyndell Robinson. 12% Kadarius Tony. worried about that. And also one snap for Devery Hamilton, which I didn't even know he got into the game. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys, didn't know he was in the game. Um, but maybe it was an extra tackle play or they just needed a sub. I don't know. But let's take a look at the defense. So Adoree Jackson, Tay Crowder, Xavier McKinney, and Julian Love, they all played 100% of the snaps. Aaron Robinson played 95%, Jihad Ward 88%, 82% Leonard Williams, 68% for Austin Calitro and Dexter Lawrence, 66% for O'Shane Zimenez, uh, 62% for Darnay Holmes, 49% for Nick Williams, rotational defensive tackle, 42% for Taman Fox, 28% for Justin Ellis, 20% for Joni, uh, Tony Jefferson, 17% for Micah McFadden, 11% for DJ Davidson and 6% for snaps for Quincy Roche, which is a little alarming, but he got activated off the practice squad, so I, I can't expect much. This regime, regime really doesn't like him. Uh, before we go to some of the final subjects, stock up, stock down. Uh, stock up, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Aaron Robinson, Adoree Jackson, 
and Dexter Lawrence that defensive line. Run defense was stout. Adoree Jackson and Aaron Robinson played well. They weren't picked on too much. Sterling Shepard, I mean, when he's on the field, he's he's super productive. And then Saquon Barkley, man, I mean, he he's he's a monster. He's a monster right now. Play that way the whole season. Earn another contract. Uh, stock down, Daniel Jones. I know obviously the stats look good, but be a little bit more efficient. Be a little bit more comfortable. Don't turn over the ball as much. Darnay Holmes picked on from the slot. Uh, Daniel Bellinger wasn't really used in the offense, so maybe that's a Daniel Jones thing. That's an offensive thing. Maybe the Bellinger thing. Uh, ben Bredesen, John Feliciano, and Mark Lewinsky, the interior. I mean, I'm not going to pick on Azudu too much because he's a rookie. He really should not have been thrown out there. Um, but with that being said, with that being said, the interior did not play well. Not at all. Not at all. One final subject I want to get to, and then we'll end the podcast here. Dak Prescott has went down with an injury. That injury being uh, something with his finger, he's going to be out six to eight weeks. The Panthers lost this week against the Browns, which I didn't expect. I thought the Panthers were going to win. Um, The Bears, they scored 19 points against the 49ers, and they were basically playing in a monsoon. In terms of the field conditions. My question to you is, my question to myself, is can the Giants actually start off 4-0? Now, obviously this is a hypey question, and this is a fan-delivered question, but I think it's definitely a possibility. I don't think they'll do it, but I'm going to throw snippets, and then you guys can decide for yourself, and we'll end it. Um, Week 2, McCaffrey. He didn't get a lot of yards against the Browns. Mayfield fumbled four times. He fumbled four times. He recovered all those fumbles, but he fumbled four fucking times. You're telling me that pass rush can't get there? He was also sacked like twice. So let's get there. Um, So that was pretty much that performance from the Panthers. Dallas Cowboys looked anemic on offense. Um, Cooper Rush is probably going to be the QB. It's in our turf. We get the extra off day, as do they. Let's go out there and win against the Cowboys. I mean, we haven't won a primetime game in several years, but we also haven't won against the Cowboys in two years. Um, and then week four against the Bears, they scored 19 points. Justin Fields, if we could rattle his cage, he's a talented guy. He's just put in a bad situation with a bad old line. We're going to have to stop the run, but we did so fine with Derrick Henry that I'm not really worried about David Montgomery. But I think it's a possibility. I don't think we'll win all four games. But I think it's a possibility that New York Giants could go into week five, either three and one, two and two, or four and all. If you haven't already, like, comment, and subscribe, turn on post notifications so you know when the live stream pops or video drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Victory week. Let's stretch that into another victory week. We got podcasts coming out on Saturday. Uh, that is, of course, previewing the Panthers game. And we're going to beat the Panthers. Trust me. We're going to beat those Panthers. We're going to beat Baker Mayfield. We're going to kick his ass. Okay? And if we don't, I'm going to be very unhappy, very unhappy when I record. But peace out, guys. See you later. Stay cool. Let's go Giants.